Hello, welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap, the only show that says, What the fuck, a merman dance sequence? Uh-oh. Deb? Obviously, we saw the shape of water. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to unpack in there. Yeah, there is. But, but most importantly, a dance sequence. A 1950s dance sequence. I think... Which, I mean, good for Doug Jones. Like, getting to be a bit more physical. Well, I mean, he is physical in every one of his roles. It's 40s, by the way. Uh, no, it's set in the 50s or late 60s. No, no, actually. the style of dance sequence. Oh, okay. 40s. Because it's like classic Ginger Rogers. Right, right, right. Fred Astaire. Right. You know what's I weird? Was, by ahead. the way, uh, at work we had a... They just happened to have the last names. Uh, the Grace Kelly wedding. And I kept thinking the Prince of <laughs> the Monaco. Monica, Princess of Monaco, yeah. Uh, so, so, anyway. Yes, we watched The Shape of Water. Not together. No. Because we don't do that. Nope. Mm-hmm. That's weird. <laughs> uh, but I think it was to enhance kind of the fantasy of the story. I think it did suffer a little bit from the Pan's Labyrinth Syndrome, I'll call it, where you don't expect it to be as violently brutal at some points because you expect a dark fantasy. Um, a la the Spanish Revolution pistol whipping beat to death scene from Pan's Labyrinth. He beat uh, a little girl to death. Uh, I was actually talking about her dad. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he gets pistol with pretty bad. To death. You know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... I liked it. I again. I didn't expect to be as enamored with it as I was. I didn't really know particularly what to expect. Because I'd seen Octavia Spencer do an interview, I think on Ellen, about it. And she did not do a good job of describing it very well. And so I'm like, fine, I'm going to go see this movie about this girl who fucks a merman. Why not? Yeah, that is pretty much the premise of the movie, actually. Well, yes, but I mean, I was not expecting... Real Michael, human emotion? No, I was going to say, Michael Shannon is a terrifying racist uh, army operative doing secret experiments during the Cold War. Yeah, his racial slurs in yeah. the movie are a little jarring, which... It's really funny, because I'm sitting in the movie theater, and he gets to the you people line, and everybody in the theater does this. Yeah. Yeah. It just shrink it was... everyone's butthole. <laughs> yeah, um, it was just... It's not that he didn't play the character wonderfully, but it's just oh, so he did. He did great. jarring. And the funny thing is, all I could think of the first time that they do the reveal on the creature was Michael Shannon making the joke about Zod coming back with flippers. Mine was that it looked really like Abe Sapien from Hellboy. I thought it looked more like... Like it was kind of a like Hellboy it was, prequel. It was like a cross between Abe Sapien and Creature from the Black Creature from the Black Lagoon. Well, and you know the premise of... Do you know where that came from? No. Um, that he actually, when they started the Monsterverse, the Universal Monsterverse, mm-hmm. um, he went to the studios and said, let's do a movie from the Creature's point of view where he actually does get the girl. Mm-hmm. And they went, you're out of your fucking mind. Um... And he went all fucking Mel Gibson, Passion of the Christ on it, went, fuck you, I'll make my own movie. With blackjack and hookers. And and did. Like I said, um, for that matter, forget the, I was going to say, forget the movie. 
But I have to say, there is an overabundance. There's of... a lot of real emotion in that. I did not expect it to be as touching as it was. Well, two things. One, there was an overabundance of sock garters in this movie. Sock garters? It's the little thing they used to wear to hold your socks up. Do you mean Men? from the dudes or the ladies? Men. Okay. Male sock garters. Yeah, male sock garters. And I was from who? When do you see that? Uh, Michael Shannon. Oh yeah, and the Doctor Hofstetter. Yeah, yeah. Dimitri. When he's without pants. Which, by the way, who puts on a tie and a button-up and socks and sock garters and no pants? Uh, the guy who's ironing his fucking pants. Yeah, but why would he put the tie on first? Because he was gonna iron his pants and put them on. That makes sense. No, you put the pants on before you put on the tie. No, apparently you don't. In the Cold War era, 50s and 60s. What I did like is the fact that it wasn't just kind of her trying to rescue this creature. It was a little team. It was like her and her neighbor, the artist, the gay artist. Which I don't... And Octavia Spencer and, uh, I was going to say, Dr. Hofstetter. Yeah. So, Richard Jenkins plays the closeted gay... Neighbor. I don't remember what his name was. Giles. Um, Of course it was. The gayest of all I don't quite understand why he's being picked for a lot of awards for it. And it's not to say he didn't do a good job. I'm just saying there are better supporting characters on this award season. Like Laurie Metcalf and... Well, I don't think he'll win. And like, what's his big character arc that he got turned down by the pie guy and then grew his hair back? I think that his like, character what? no, I think his character arc has to do with when he's sitting with the creature, kind of drawing him in the bathtub. And have you talking, always been alone? Yeah, have you always been alone? And then he adds up, are we both just relics of a bygone era? That I, yeah, that he was born either too early or, or too, too late. late. Um, and I find it really interesting, and I found it a little bit weird that they paired that scene with the follow-up scene right afterwards where he kills the cat, which I imagine you laughed at a little bit. He ate the cat. And the cat's name was Pandora. I, yes. Who <laughs> He then gets unleashed into the world, sort of. He just goes downstairs to the movies. Um, did you think that the, the room filled with water scene was a little... Oh, that's completely little... unrealistic. Okay, thank you. First of like, all, you'd have to wait like... She just shoved a... some towels yeah. under a door, and suddenly they're in a swimming pool fucking, and I'm like, now. Nah. No, no. And I talked about this with other people. It's completely unrealistic. One, the room would never seal like that. Two, do you have any idea how long it would take to fill up that room? Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad it... It It was beautifully shot. Once again, like, the movie is gorgeous. Yeah. As anything Del Toro will ever do. Um, up to including Hellboy 1, 2, Pandora's, uh, I'm said... Pandora's Labyrinth. Yeah. That's the headless Uh, cat's body walking around. Um... He had to have done something terrible. I mean, that's... That they say, like, he is a wild creature. Well, the thing is, I found it weird that they had him having that emotional conversation with him, and then in the next scene, he's like, he's a wild creature. Well, that's when he realizes that he may not be as civilized as... Previously. Everyone thinks he is. Also... How is it so easy for Octavia Spencer and Giles to just immediately accept the fact that she's fucking a mer dude? Well, Giles walks in on him, so I think he just takes it on good faith. 
Also, what else bothered me about that scene? He opens the door when they have the swimming pool thing, sees them, and then leaves without turning off any of the faucets. Well, he realizes what he just interrupted. Yes, but the downstairs neighbor's already screaming at him that the water's leaking. The theater, yeah. yeah. The water's leaking through the ceiling. Like I said, leaves without turning off any of the faucets. I would have turned off the faucets and then left. Like, sorry you're fucking... Hold on. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Um, I... I mean, there are a lot of holes to poke on this one. No, there but are. I'm just saying, since it was... You're right. Like, do, did he get fired because he was gay? Like, what is... No, he got... It was going to say, he, it was just, like, once again, a relic of a bygone era. They've moved from doing paintings for advertisements to doing photography. Right, right, right. Okay. And I think... Did you like that the wife was like, and here's green jello to, like, Michael Shannon. He's like, get the fuck away from me. I also found it super weird in the scene where they're kind of showing his family life, and this is after he's lost some fingers, and she's like, wash your hands really well, and then come up to bed. Yeah. Where he's like, you need to be really quiet, and I'm like, okay, so he's going to rape Mute Girl, which never happens. Like I said, I totally thought he was going to rape her. He did get a little bit... Handsy. Rape-esque. But yeah. Rape adjacent, but... Uh, yeah, like, I honestly expected to get a little darker in that. Yeah, no, I Um, I definitely... But Michael Shannon fucking kills it. Once again, whenever he yells, I will do whatever he says. Well, just the whole thing where he's lost the... I was gonna... I I had to explain to to Jarls what... No, no, he lost his fingers. I had to explain to Jarls what the pussy finger was. (laughs) That was fun. No, because he lost the last two. So he lost. Yeah, the no, he finger. said no. He said no, but his exact words were, "quote I still have uh, my my gun th- and my say, pussy finger." I think it was like gun pointer and pussy finger, because he lost the last two, and so she finds them. And of course, Octavia Spencer has that great line where she's like, "I can deal with piss. I can deal with poop. I can't deal with body parts." And when he goes, "They found my okay. fingers. They were coated in mustard or some shit." She's like, it took him a long time to attach, to reattach them. They were coated in mustard. Um, do you think that the way Del Toro decided to try to, I wouldn't say attack, but try to capture what's going on in modern society, do you think that worked with this dark fairy tale? What way? Uh, the racism, the sexism... I don't think it did. I I don't think so. To be so. perfectly honest. I don't think so either, but I also don't think he was trying that hard. I think he was just trying to tell a fairy tale. Which, I, from what, before I watched it, I had a friend who said, oh, let's not call him a friend. Um, let's call him a co-worker. Who said, the storyline is more straightforward or simple. Um from a Del Toro movie, but it is still shot amazingly. And it is. Um, But I think the simplicity he was going for got lost. Um, And I know he's talked about in interviews where he said, everything I've done before this, I've talked about what bothered me as a kid, and this is what's bothering me as an adult, and I think that got lost on his first attempt. Fair enough. Like I said, I think I was going to say, I don't think that it was a good social commentary on current issues. No. But you did I, have... I don't believe that either. But like I said, you did have the little team coming together where you have the disabled girl, the gay gentleman, 
the woman of color and the foreigner coming together to kind of build this little team to try to, and save yeah, somebody. To deal with the other. Like I said, trying to save the other. The, the thing other. that yeah. is the most foreign. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, you kind of built their little team there. I didn't like the messianic, like, healing of all wounds. Um, I thought it was a weird plot point, too. But I think maybe he just didn't know how to end the movie. Well, I think he didn't know how to save what's-her-name, the the main character. Well, her last name was Esposito. I don't remember what her name was. Elsa? Something like that. Something like um, But, that you know, that she gets... <laughs> spoilers, which I'll rate at the beginning of this episode. Um, she gets shot down by Michael Shannon and ends up revived in a way that I'm not okay with. Like, the fact that her scars look like gills doesn't mean that her scars should become gills at the end. Like, it's not even implied that she can breathe underwater or that water has... I mean, yeah, at the very beginning, like, she does have a lot of water imagery with the bath and the masturbation which by the way yeah like let's just take a second and realize that i started watching this in public because i was like "Ah, it's a dark fantasy whatever and it's like it opens with her jerking off yeah her masturbating in the bath while she's boiling eggs yeah like okay so now i have to minimize my window so people don't think i'm watching softcore porn um as i'm watching a very artful movie which would normally include you know masturbation but um there's a lot of water imagery with her but like not enough to connect the fact that like she's half mer person or a quarter mer person maybe on her mother's side i don't know well like it just seems like a cheap out to me and it is i i get it it is a fairy tale and there's supposed to be miraculous connotations but like okay the merman who never has a name um so let's just call him jim jim wipes draw off the nipples jimmy <laughs> draw the yeah exactly sorry so, go ahead jimmy just like wipes off like bullet wounds literally wipes off bullet wounds at the very end and then goes oh and by the way now you got gills so we can still fuck underwater uh but you still have a shoe and her one shoe falling off is beautifully shot. I'm literally waiting for the other shoe to drop. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so but I think I think artistically it should have happened. Because it's literally the other shoe dropping. And her going to that other world. I like how mad you are about a shoe. I am. And gills. Okay, so two things. One... They have the small implied backstory with her, where they, she was found, I was going to say, with the scars already on her, yes. on the banks of a river. So it's implied she may not be fully human to begin with. Okay. And two, no, okay, you, you're right. I didn't quite catch that. Now that you say it, it makes sense. And two, maybe he is a god. Maybe he can do whatever he wants. But it did bother me that Maybe he can wipe off... Maybe he's just Abe Sapien from fucking Hellboy. Like I said, it did bother me that he can, like, wipe off the bullet wounds, but he's passed out from Michael Shannon, like, cattle probing him in the beginning. Yeah, right? Like, he just, but like, maybe... molts scales at one point. And I, I guess that could be, like, you know, he doesn't have the right environment, and I get that, that he's sick because of that. Yeah. 
But, like, the Masonic, like, healing bullshit is really inconsistent. Like, the only thing I could figure with the, like I said, not being able to heal his wounds is the way that they had him chained. Like, maybe he needs his hands. He seems to, yeah, need his hands or uh, needs, like, proper environmental... Factors. Yeah, that he needs to be. And by the way, did no one even question her when she bought, like, two shopping bags full of salt? Nothing else, just salt. It's like someone would have said, what are you making? Jerky? And if you are, where's the meat? Like, you're just doing, like, like, Richard Jenkins just keeps pulling out like it's a Mary Poppins fucking bag. Like, just salt, 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 salt. No one questions that. This is like, the whole thing with, like, Roger Rabbit, where he goes, well, I told the butcher, I told the baker, blah, 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 blah. Like, someone would have fucking said, hmm, I sold the lady, like, 90 gajillion pounds of salt for no reason. Maybe she's a communist. Why would they need salt? Are they... Maybe they're expecting some, uh, some... Ghosts? I was gonna say some snow. Ghosts? (laughs) Ghosts. There's no, there's no rain. It's in California. Or a West Coast town, it seems. You mean there's no snow. There's definitely rain. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of part and parcel. With, and by the way, did you, when he pulls the, like, rain docks, um... The release. Day off of the calendar? Yeah. Did you expect him to, like, look it over and there'd be another water thing? No. Because that kind of did. No. Because every, like phrase of the day had water to do with it and then like I expected him to be like the river is your doom or whatever I didn't because I felt like it kind of signified the end so they weren't going to do water references except for rain in the canal and I meant, gills I meant in the calendar in the calendar okay so we're going to talk about the most cringeworthy scene of the movie sure Michael Shannon pulling his fingers off I, I did have to, like, stop and go... Because um, I immediately thought of I, you when it, I saw that. It What? I immediately thought of you when I saw that. Why? Because you have slight issues with people missing limbs. Oh, no, but it was under bandages, so I was fine. <sighs> well, I just expected, like, when he... The worst part, actually, was not him tearing them off. Is it when they were black? It was when he realized they were poison. Well, Game I don't greenness. know if he... Yeah, I don't know if he realizes they're poisoning his blood. Um, but when he, like, squeezes one oh. and it pops like a ravioli, yeah, let that sink in. I just made myself vomit a little because that was gross. Um, but when he's like, I think these are full of grossness, I think I'm going to squeeze them to find out. Do they, they talk about that it's an experimental thing, right? I don't remember. Um... I was going to say, I'm not sure. And all I could think is, damn, it must have smelled like almonds in there. Or horrible, because when he's in the car with the with the one guy who, like, the... Indis- the it's like generic security officer. Slash doctor guy, yeah. Um, we'll call him Mustache, because that was his defining feature. But when he's in the car with Mustache, or in Mustache's car, and says, get out. But, like, Mustache is like... Shouldn't you go to the hospital? Like, you don't look good, like... Can you smell that? At one point, like, he smells his own fingers and goes, ugh. 
I'm gonna eat some really cheap candy because that's a thing. Like, what a weird character. Okay, sure. Um, well, he alternates in between pain pills and candy. It's a little odd. Aren't pain pills candy dab? No. In this opiate uh, thing that we have in this country, epidemic. You couldn't think of the word epidemic. I couldn't. Okay. For a split second. Um, so anyway, our... but I have one more follow-up comment, which yes. was nice ass. Michael Shannon. No. That lead female character. Every I time did she gets... not expect so much nudity. I, to be perfectly but honest, but it was just one of those things where she's she's kind of a, a plain looking character. Like she's she's meant. To I kind think of... she's cute. No, but I mean, she's meant to kind of blend in a little bit. She's and meant then, to be, yeah. And then yeah. the second they get her naked, you're like, "Good lord, nice ass." Which is in the f- like first five minutes. Yeah. She's yeah. like, "I'm making eggs, getting naked." Gonna and set an egg there's and some tits in and bush. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, no, she's meant to kind of blend in a little bit. Yeah. And she does, I think, and, and everyone in the movie did a great job. I think it's a real, I, I, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. It's one of those. You're still hung up on the dance sequence, aren't you? It was weird. (laughs) It was weird. Like, and I, I appreciate what it is and it's at her finally speaking, so to speak. No pun intended. I think it's it's representative but, of her feeling like he doesn't see her as deficient. Yes, it is. But it is fucking weird. And it is very... It's very strange to see the creature dancing so gracefully. Prop to Doug Jones. Um, it, it, it just seemed like the way they brought up her talking was really jarring. Um, that it was suddenly this Grace Kelly dance sequence. Um, Grace Kelly didn't dance. That it was this very, I don't know, who else did they show? Mr. Ed? He danced, right? I'm sure he danced. <laughs> he was a very talented horse. He wa- He could fucking talk. The fucking merman didn't talk. <laughs> I kept waiting for that. Did the merman take on, like, sign language really fast to you? Uh, yes and no. He only knew a few sentences and words. He wasn't particularly fluent. He seemed to understand the dance sequence. Which, by the way, I expected him to be asleep during. Like, I honestly expected her to look over and he's just eating an egg like, and what just happened? Because it was all in her head. Like, I expect him to be like, the Octavia, uh, Octavia Spencer's, Spencer. like, husband on that one, where he's just like, yeah, whatever, my back hurts and I'm eating an egg, like, fuck off, that you just had a dance sequence in your head. <laughs> like, I kind of wanted to have, like, that, like, everyday man <laughs> moment where it's like, and then she's like, I love you, and he's like, oh, um, no, that was all mental, and I'm just eating, like, my nine million eggs because a high-protein diet is very important according to uh, not not Brad uh, not Bradley Whitford, um, yeah, because that actor could very well have been Bradley Whitford and wasn't. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. Okay. And did you feel like they did some really interesting music choices as well? I actually really liked the music design. Well, in this I d- one. didn't. I was going to say it's not that I didn't like it; it's that it was so different from almost anything else he's done. Del Toro. Yeah. 
Um, it, was, it was a I, lot I, more, a lot more dreamy. Yeah, well, the the score absolutely. Yeah. Um, I do want it. I don't know if I want to go back and rewatch it, but um, not that it's a bad movie. I just think it's one of those like uh, one and done. I don't need to really go back and rewatch that. Um, but I do want to look at the soundtrack and see if all of the songs that were chosen um, for the theater scenes and all that um, have some kind of either uh, forewarning, forbearance, anything like that. Or any water references, really. I have to tell you, the soundtrack reminded me a little bit of Amelie. Yep. Because it was very heavy on the accordion. (laughs) It was. Amelie is very heavy on the accordion as well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I miss Amelie. (laughs) She was so hot when she was crying. She's the hottest crier ever. What's her name? Fuck um, Amelie, you, you know who I'm talking about. Um, yes, I do, and I can't think of her. I was gonna say I can't think of. Uh, I was gonna say the actress. It, it, it'll, it'll come to me in like in the middle of the show. Um, I just I like how you just said, "God, she was so hot when she cried." Oh, when she cried in those fucking. Was she the one that cried in the baked goods, or was that in? No, that was in Shell and Soccer. Um, no, she cried in the baked goods, and I'm. Oh no, that was when she's tracking down the ghost. What was the one where she's... Um, oh, God, her name almost came to me. Damn it. Um, ugh, God damn it. It's irritating that I can't think of her name. And I can see her, and she's in all of the terrible Dan Brown movies. Because um, she's... Um, what's her name in... Who cares about what's her name? In um, Angels and Demons and Da Vinci, da Vinci Code. Code and yeah. then uh, the third one. Uh, was there a third one? Uh-uh. I never saw Angels and Demons. Yeah, no, I couldn't get past the, the part where uh, Tom Hanks doesn't have sideburns. It looks super fucking weird. God, what the fuck was her name? It'll come to me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> let's talk about... <clears throat> we'll just go through the list, That's I guess, fine. at this point. Um, I have it as a note. I don't know her name. Um, I know it's been all over the news, and we should have talked about this last week. Um, but I kind of wanted the room for it to breathe in terms of my opinions, not your opinions, Deb, my opinions. I don't have strong opinions about this. I do. Um, about that Cranberries gal being dead, whatever the fuck her name is. And by the way, her name should be lost to the dusts of time because fuck her. Fuck the Cranberries. I fucking hate that band. She made me... Ashamed I was goddamn Irish. Fuck her. And I am so glad that I've not heard Let It Linger or that terrible song Zombie or any other song they have. I assume they only have two songs. I assume they only have two songs. So it's gonna be like, do I hear? Um, What about Love Slave? There's one where like a friend texted me and I was like, If that's a reference to their fucking song, I don't get it. Fuck them. They're terrible. The Cranberries are a terrible fucking band. They always just make me think of Clueless. When one of the characters is upset because he left his Cranberry CD in the quad and somebody's going to snag it. I assume that's Paul Rudd then. Because he was the only one in college. No, it wasn't Paul Rudd. It was uh, the character. His name was Elton. I don't know what the actor's name is. Oh, the gay kid. It's, uh, no. Well, it'd be Mr. Elton. No, no, no. In the the original... 
Jane Eyre. No. Not Jane Eyre. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking Pride about. Pride and Prejudice. Is that what it's based on? No. It's based on Emma. Emma. I'm like, how, how many Austin novels can I name off? Yeah. A lot. <laughs> I can name off at least five. That's terrible. And most of them have been made in the 90s movies. Oh, wait. Nope. I'm sorry. The things I had about you was based on Shakespeare. Um, I really like like the 10-hour BBC version of uh, Pride and Prejudice starring Colin Firth. It's pretty awesome. That sounds awful. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> that, no. No. But I was going to say, your note here, Cranberry Girl is Dead, that really... Gal. I was going to say, that really does sound like a 60s song. It, or a Prince song. Well, no, because it'd be Raspberry Beret, but... Yeah, uh, Cranberry Gal is Dead sounds like, uh, could be an Electric Prince song. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a B cut from, uh, Strawberry Fields or something. Something like that. You're right, but I'm glad she's dead moving on. Um, because... F- f- fuck her. Um, it's like the worst Rolling Stones B-side ever. Or best, because they just, like, we're like, that girl's gonna die, and it's gonna be awesome. Um, and she died unexpectedly, which I'm glad, so it took her by surprise, because she was probably like, I'm living a long life. Nope. Um, you know, Doug, I, th- I think you can lay off her. I'm pretty sure life punished her enough. With their guns and their bombs and their bombs and their guns. That is literally a verse to one of their songs that only has, like, six words in it. Fuck her. Okay, well, can we move on to something else that... I'm still really angry about. Well, can we talk about Big Just the Cranberries existing. Can we talk about Big Fat Quiz Show? Because that reminds me, they had one random question from really early episodes about the artist Desiree and what terrible lyrics she writes. Oh, the, no, I, I want to be strong, never, no. I want to be strong. Just, no, but it's just like, it's like I hope I'm to in see my a car. ghost. I hope to see a ghost. It's the thing I fear most. And the follow-up line is, I'd rather well, I drive down piece, the coast no, or it's, something. No, I'd rather eat a piece, piece of, of toast, toast and watch the evening news. Yeah. Um, so we watched the new episode, the 2017 retrospective uh, Big Fat Quiz Show, which um, most, if not all episodes, are on YouTube. Oh, yeah, no. Um, I've got a ton of them saved on my... uh, Pretty much all of them are on YouTube, and there's certain episodes that I will totally watch again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just to hear Richard Ayoade's and Noel Fielding's answers, or Noel Fielding and Russell Brand. But, I mean, there's a couple other, I was going to say, a couple other regulars on there that I really enjoy. Uh, They have Phil Jupiter on there, um, who's one of the voices of the Daleks. If you haven't heard of Dalek Coming... Uh, that would be on that one of the episodes where it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, explain, exterminate. Um, but still, I think my favorite is Richard just fucking losing it when they steal his candy. <laughs> I don't remember that episode with Richard Ayuade from the IT crowd. Which, by the way, can we talk about on the new episode where, is it... Big Nasty yeah. confuses Richard Ayuade with um, the white guy with the beard on what show they're on, and he keeps calling it the It Show as opposed to the <laughs> IT craft. <laughs> and poor Jimmy Carr has to keep saying, like, it's not the It Crowd. I'm also just a big fan of that the Jimmy totally loses control of that show. Every time. Every time. 
And they always make fun of him for, you know, being a robot. Or having the world's best worst laugh. Um, <laughs> is how he laughs. And, oh, God. Like I said, sometimes his jokes at the beginning of each segment are really terrible. But and they call once, him out on it, which is every great. every once in a while... He really, like I said, every once in a while he really gets a good one. I think my new personal favorite is that I enjoy a sandwich, especially if I don't know the other two men. And I'm like, damn! He, Jimmy Carr's really funny. Don't oh, know, yeah. I mean, he's a little hamstrung by some of the network stuff. Um, when he's on, uh, was it, 9 out of... Eight, 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 eight out of cats? Eight, I was going to say eight out, eight out of ten cats. Yeah. Um, is, is, is really funny for the most part, but he is hamstrung by... BBC three or four, whichever it is. Um, no, it's BBC four. And then, of course, whenever they make tax jokes, because um, he got famously yeah. got in trouble with yeah tax dodging, um, and but he made a valiant and said a valiant effort and said like, look, it was a bad decision and I'm sorry and. But he actually he makes a really good Al Capone joke in there. Where he's like, Al Capone is a famous uh, American gangster. We opened her vault and there's nothing there. No, I was going to say, who later in life got arrested for tax evasion. He should have talked to my guy. Yeah, I mean, Carr is funny. Um, yeah, the Big Fat Quiz Show, I will say, maybe not since the last episode or me re-watching old episodes, have I snorted laughing? I am not a snorter. No, you are not. And I did watching it. Goth Boy Detective sounds like the greatest comic book of all time. That would be, yeah, Noel, Noel Fielding and Russell Brand's... We're here to play trivia and solve crimes. <laughs> In the darkest way. Yeah. I love how Noel Fielding's outfits get progressively weirder. The, the, he looked like the podium on this last one. And, like, and he got down and kneeled. Is that the one where he's wearing the caftan or no? Yeah, the purple one? Yeah. And he gets down and he's like, I look like a podium. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. Folks, Big Fat Quiz Show. Uh, if you need BBC, something, BBC America, YouTube. Check it out. If you want something light that'll make your day better and make you laugh. And maybe actually have you learn something. Uh, yeah, because a lot of that, I mean, once again, it's, it's like a pub quiz or a bar quiz. Um, but there's always one team that has all of the joke answers for the most part, which would be Noel Fielding from Mighty Boosh and I, uh, I almost said it crowd, uh, an IT crowd, um... Oh no, my contact's gone around the back! Oh, I'm gonna wait for it. I'll wait for it. <laughs> um, and, uh, usually, uh, Noel Fielding is teamed up with either Russell oh, Brand, Brando. who we don't really have to explain who that is, hopefully, um, or Richard Ayuade, who's, uh, Moss from the IT crowd, who is funny in his own right, uh, shaping up to really be the next, uh, the New Zealander guy that did, uh, Thor 3. Um. What? Yeah. What? What part of that confused you? Other than all of it. All is of it? it? Are you talking about the director? Yeah. There we go. Okay. The pieces come together at the did last... Did I not say course. that... I said the guy who did Thor 3. I guess I could have been Hemsworth. I'm like, which guy that did Thor 3? Uh, the director. Of, like I said, there's uh, a few uh, of them uh, Richard Ayuade is, is starting to do, like, uh, writing and directing and his starting to... His comedic timing is just so fucking flawless. Spot though. on. And, like, 
they're showing the you know retrospectives and they have one of my favorite scenes from the id crowd where he throws the coffee and it just hits the other guy in the chest yeah and he just turns around and runs away and runs him like to the door yeah like perfectly timed or when he's doing the thing with like the mug and he's like and then my, my picture will be on the bottom of it and it isn't like his id crowd is great anyway um so you know goths are people too no they're not <laughs> when he goes when they finally unleash him out he goes <sighs> um so DCTV is back um like I said we'll be touching in with the, uh, the touching in with touching in good job we'll be dropping in and talking about DCTV <laughs> I'm just gonna keep moving on Deb's dying. Because um, you said touching in and my brain that, went to this the is, This is different from the last episode where she was trying not to puke. Was that two episodes ago? No, it was last episode, cool. I think. Um, so no matter what, I'm Deb's fine, having some way. kind of biological breathing problems. Whether it be stomach or It's lungs. because you made me laugh when I was mid-soda by saying touching in. I am funny. By saying touch again, which made me think you were going to molest Barry Allen. Show me on the bobblehead, because he's got the bobblehead. Have you ever seen that the the uh, honest trailer for oh, the yeah. Flash? Yeah, where he's at the bobblehead and he's like, "I must go faster! I must go faster!" Um, so anyway, DC uh, TV is back. Let's let's uh, just uh, jump right into that. I think there was a bunch of rape on the island from Arrow. No, because there were only three of them that. Who would have raped who? No, like in the beginning flashbacks when there's all the soldiers on the island. No, there. No, not no. You know, you don't think there was a bunch of rape? No. Okay. It's not like a village people fucking video. What the fuck? Well, you know, a bunch of soldiers trapped on an island together. Now, had you asked me after Homeboy got the magic idol and became like a weird god? Yeah. Oh, there. I'll bet yeah, he would have fucked. Super, super rape. Super oh rape. yeah, he'd been like, "You're nothing. I'm gonna burn and break your buttholes." Like, yeah. He would have Michael Shannon did. With flippers. Um, so The Flash came back with the episode The Trial of the Flash. Uh, my issue with this title and the episode is that there is not a whole lot of trial, nor a lot of Flash. Um, and I don't mean that, like, in a spectacular kind of way. I mean, The Flash is not in it very much, and the trial is very fast. Yes, I know we're watching a show called The Flash, but a murder trial that takes an episode seems a little lazy. I honestly wish they would have kind of dragged out the trial for two episodes. Well, didn't they do and that? Gotten that? Hold on. and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off as, as harshly as I did, um, but I, I want to finish the thought. They did the trial for at least two, well, two episodes. I think it could have been a two-parter. Um... And they could have hit the emotional beats they needed to hit with every character, with Iris having to send Barry Allen away and struggle with the idea of if they say he's the Flash, he gets off. Well, (laughs) uh, (laughs) for murder. He might get off uh, when they say that, too. I don't know. He is the fastest man alive. Maybe he just just gets like a little sippy. a cum joke. A little lightning bolt. Anyway. um, Just dust comes out. But, uh, it would be lightning. Would it be like... Electric jism. Oh, I'd be a good like band a, name. a red blur. 
Well, no, that's that's Smallville. Do they just call him the Blur in Smallville? And the, they do call him the Blur in Flash, right? At the beginning of Flash, they call him the Streak. That's worse. Way worse. Right now, I'm singing in my head. Don't know what that means, but all right. Wait, there's a song from the '60s called. Oh, never mind. It's not important. So, I think they could have dragged it out for another two episodes, or for for two episodes. Um, hit the emotional beats they needed with Iris and Joe and Barry. Um, even the uh, the most emotional moment was actually from the thinker's wife, which was great. Um, where they finally reveal that the, um, Dibney uses his um, private detective skills to catch her uh, necking, we'll say, uh, making out with the thinker's new host body. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, who is this? Like, you, you know, plotted this. And she goes, no, no. Like, my husband understood that he could not meet my needs. There's some kind of sexual surrogate. Um, and she starts crying over it. And it's a very powerful scene. It is very powerful. I mean, she's a lying cunt. But it is very powerful the way she acted it. Um, props to that actress, who I, I am not going to ever think of. Audrey Jouteau is the name of the girl from Amelie. <clears throat> Told Judd get there. Um, super hot crier. Anyway. Um, Told you I'd get there. Uh, but the whole thing with... They really did, like no pun intended, sped through a lot of the character stuff with this trial that was going to send Barry to jail, which it did at the very end. And they put him in Iron Heights with Warden Wolf, who we know from the comics, uh, may not be the best dude. Nope. Uh, he does end up kind of being a good guy by the end, um, but he does not start that way. So, I I was kind of irritated on that it moved so quick. Um, I do like that they brought in the fact that I guess, like, all of his Speed Force babble, that if you remember the first episode when he came back, and he watched it. came back it, crazy, yeah. Yeah. Um, that some of the stuff he says... Seems to be, it's almost like, and I'm watching S.H.I.E.L.D. right now, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, where they do have, like, an uh, an aged, um, she's in her, like, 60s or 70s, like, seer, and she can't tell, like, past and present and future, um, and that seems to be what Barry's babble was when he came back out of the Speed Force. So he's having a continuum problem? I think that, like, whatever he's saying, whatever he said... In that first episode, everything's going to play out. Okay. Um, and I I know that because, A, it happened on this episode, and two, on the last probably nine out of ten episodes, it's not an accurate number, but like 90% of the last episodes, the term, this house is bitching, bitching has come up, which is what they um, had said that his like strange writings had said. Um so whatever he's coming out of the speed force, he's got knowledge of what would be our, our present and the future. Okay. And it's all just kind of coming in and when will it click? How will it click? Um, but I think they could have stretched the trial. Uh, they you have. You're gonna let me say a sentence. Did you watch it? Well, I was going to say, you know, I think they stretched out the trial of Moira, Moira Queen for like four episodes. Yeah, but that's overcorrecting. 
God, made sense. Well, it wasn't actually her actual trial, but they had her incarcerated for like two episodes, and then they did the trial in two episodes. I I think going from one to four, it's overcorrecting. I think they could have averaged it and done two episodes. Okay. Um, they also have Fallout, who's a radio, as his name would imply, a radioactive meta. Mm-hmm. Who in the comics with Iron Heights does play a role with Warden Wolf, um, but the fact is. It's really interesting because he seems to cause like radiation sickness in everyone around him, and they all just keep fainting, and it's like he's totally blind to everyone just keeps fainting around him. Like I kind of want to show you the scene where he's in the bank and he's like, "Thanks for the saving de- deposit, lady," and like leaves because you think he's gonna rob it, and he's like, "Well, thank you. I started a savings deposit. I have a four hundred one k now, or whatever he fucking says." And he walks up the bank, and, like, nine people drop from, like, low-level, like, radiation sickness. Maybe he has Dr. Manhattan Syndrome, where he can't see anything that's happening around him, but he's giving everybody cancer. At one point, he walks down the street, and people start dropping, like, fucking flies, and... Yeah, I just saw the wave. Don't worry about it. Um, And, like, he just keeps on walking. Like, does he not know... And it could be fine but they never explicitly say this, that he doesn't realize that he's, like, glowing green and emitting radiation. You think he's just dumb? He could just be dumb. Yeah. He's a dumb reactor. You know what they say, you can't fix stupid. Or radiation. Or stupid Stupid radiation. radiation. (gasps) He's a dumb reactor. He's a dumb actor. Like I said, also a good band name, Stupid Radiation. I like the last one I thought of. Electric jizz? Did I say electric jizz? It might have been lightning jizz or jizz lightning. Something like that. I think it was jizz lightning. Doesn't matter. Uh, Arrow, I am really enjoying their back to basics. Um, That the team, as it is, um, you know it from last season with Mm -hmm. uh, Wild Dog, the new Black Canary, and Mr. Terrific, uh, they've all left Team Arrow. Mm-hmm. Based on the manipulations by Vigilante, Caden James, who... Did you think that the girl from Helix and Caden James, like, had a thing? Did you watch last season? I thought they had a thing, but Right, I mean... like, but it's like, it's Michael Emerson, who's in his 50s, which... Good on you, mate. But, like, it seems like that's a weird thing. I thought it was maybe just them, like, kind of doing a weird, like, power struggle fucking... Like, cyber... Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that one. Um, electric jizz. <laughs> Go back to that. Uh, and we'll very much talk about... That electric. sounds like something And we will totally be... talk about electric jizz again later this episode. That sounds like something from Transmetropolitan. Yeah, like, that's what he injects is electric jizz. Like, that's some kind of weird drug. Electric yeah. jizz. And jumpstart. Yeah. So, anyway... Um, so the team has been ripped asunder. Um, Arrow and Diggle and Felicity are still Team Arrow, so to speak. Um, spoiler alert, uh, Diggle gets an implant in his arm, much like Felicity has in her spine, that eliminates his tremor. So, okay, like, saw that one coming. Um, and Team Arrow seems to be under... Unma- uh, what is that called? Undermanned? Not undermanned. 
Understaffed. Yeah, understaffed or or whatever. Outmanned. That's what I was looking for. Um, and so they're like, let's bring back in like you know, a, a, the new Black Canary, Mister Terrific, and Wild Dog. Um, based on like, let's get, air everything out. Um, trust is on the board. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. er, cards on the table. And the th- the three of the new team that I've already mentioned twice go. Nah, we're good. We're gonna form our own team, which I was like, okay, Green Arrow and the Outsiders. Uh, not a comic, but could be. Um, their own team. With probably Black the Jack Outsiders. And their, mm-hmm. their own team with Blackjack and, and hookers. hookers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, once again, I think in the end on the series, uh, on the season, House Divided cannot stand, and I think Team Arrow with what I'm calling the Outsiders. Um, will obviously come together to fight the army that, you know, has risen up against them with Caden James, Vigilante, uh, Black Siren, um, who I'm glad Kitty Cassidy's holding up, because she's doing great in this show. <laughs> uh, let's see, um, in terms of DC TV, and then I've got one more TV thing after this. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, I watched Black Lightning. Um, now, I know, back in the heyday of inventing characters, when you have a man who has spider powers, you call him Spider-Man. When a man is super, you call him Superman. When a man is black and he has lightning. You call him Black Lightning. Now it just sounds like a really horrible nickname for one of the members of the Black Panthers. I believe in the Super Friends he actually was called Black Vulcan. Um, I think you're right. I, I'm pretty sure I am right on that one. Uh, I like Black Lightning a lot. Uh, I've only gotten one episode in, which is all that's premiered. Um, oh, they've come to arrest me to say I like this show. If you can hear Sirentron. But um, it does remind me a lot of Luke Cage. Um, in terms of the disenfranchised, poverty-stricken... Uh, Black, wow, they really are coming to get me. Maybe somebody's, <laughs> maybe somebody's robbing the 7-Eleven. Oh, that might actually be true. Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> where is Black Lightning when we need him? Um, well, I'll Probably tell Probably somewhere trying to get his name changed so it doesn't mention his race immediately. African-American electrical discharge. discharge. That sounds like a disease. Um, that sounds like something that came out of the Tuskegee Airmen thing experiments <laughs> i'm sorry you have african-american electrical, electrical discharge. discharge okay wow yeah that would that got that that got, that, yeah, that, that went got, south mm-hmm. so anyway uh it reminds me a lot of luke cage not because of what we just said um in that it's like the disenfranchised poverty-stricken um african-american neighborhood uh without a hero well it's also you know you have so many superheroes that were brought up either wealthy or upper middle class. And Black Lightning is not one of them. Nope. Um, he did pull himself up by his bootstraps, uh, became a principal um, of a high school, which you do see in the comics and you do see in the, in the show. Um, but he has forsaken the Black Lightning mantle. Uh, you find out in the first episode that the wife finds him like in a bathtub, like, Bleeding out, going, you can't do this. You have a family, you have two daughters, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, 
like, you can't do this. And he goes, you're right. You're right. I need to figure out a different way of saving the, my community, which he does as a principal. As an educator. Yeah. Uh, he, of course, gets pulled over in a profiling thing, uh, which was an amazing scene, um, where they put him in handcuffs, and they go, lady, is this the person you saw? And she's like, I don't think so. And Black Lightning, or Jefferson Pierce, the character, says, what is this about? Like, you just put me in handcuffs in front of my kids. Like, what was the description of the assailant? Was he black? Did he have two kids in his car? Was it a mid-sized Volvo that was the escape car? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he goes, I just got fucking profiled, you pieces of shit. Um, So, the violence in it was surprisingly graphic, I will say. Not Walking Dead or Netflix level, but enough that I was like, okay, pushing some boundaries. You're like, I guess you guys are setting a tone. Uh... They've done that with the language in Legends of Tomorrow, I've noticed, which I've talked about before. Um, but the fact that, like, at one point, Black Lightning uses someone as a human shield, and you see, like, the squibs go off. Um, you know, like, on, on, on set, not, like... Just say red shooting. spray. Well, squibs is what they're called, the, yeah, the blood you, packets. Yeah, but you get red mist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was really violent. Like, I was really impressed by the kind of grittiness they're willing to take on this show um and one of the reveals that i was surprised to see on the first episode i expected it to be maybe a mid-season finale um is that in the comics his he has only one daughter in the comics in the show he's got two um his daughter becomes a hero in her own right uh thunder Spent a lot of time on that name, didn't they? I'm not going to knock... That wasn't Jeff Johns. Who was that? Uh, Judd Winnick. I'm not going to knock... You know... Oh, who becomes part of the Outsiders? (laughs) You're just basically asking to get her called Thunder Thighs. Yeah, she is a lesbian. Um, She ends up banging a Amazonian. It's true. Well, all right then. Um... Who has density powers and calls herself Thunder because that's like the sound she makes when she lands when she creates her density powers. Uh, but you do have that reveal that Anissa, from the comics and the show, suddenly becomes aware of her density powers. Um, what does that mean for like Lightning coming back? What does that mean for Thunder? Because um, he's trying to fight it. He's like, no, I can do more as an educator. I'm trying to reconcile with my wife who doesn't want me to be black lightning but at one point his daughters get kidnapped and he's like i'm getting my babies back um ribs and not because they're black and like barbecue but just because of the chili slogan deb don't look at me like that <clears throat> so the gift of finale uh was r- really good uh you have it has now become the resistance split with the hellfire club and um, you're looking at me like, okay. What do you got, Deb? No, no, nothing. Continue. Let's talk about Gifted. <clears throat> um, the show that doesn't have a bunch of weird racial undertones. <laughs> totally does. Um, that was sarcasm. I know. Uh, I liked it initially that 
Fox said we want to do a show about the Hellfire Club, and Matt Nix, famously of Burn Notice, said, yeah, but let's do it different. And let's have, like, let's introduce the Resistance, the Mutant Underground, mm -hmm. before we introduce the Hellfire, Club. the Hellfire Club. And now you have both. So you got what Fox wants, with an engaging show, and now half of the Mutant Underground has joined the Hellfire Club, while the other half of the Resistance is still the, you know, Resistance, the Underground. Um, but you've split the Strucker twins, which is interesting. Because you literally have a family divided. Um, which one saying, like, fuck off, I'm gonna go be part of the Hellfire Club. Um, you do have, interestingly enough, I don't know the legal ramifications of this, they do imply that Polaris, who has magnetic powers, her father used to be one of the Hellfire Club, mm -hmm. specifically a king. Um, in the comics, Magneto yeah. was a Hellfire King at one point. I don't know legally what that means, because I know that Disney's buying a lot of the Fox properties. Um, and I know that Fox will probably say, like, let us just keep doing what we're doing after the buyout. Yeah, we don't know what legalese are going into that. Though. Yeah, so I know before the buyout, which it still hasn't happened, um, but before the buyout, Fox does have all of the X-Men stuff. Okay. So they could feasibly do... Magneto. Magneto as her biological father. What does that mean in terms of the movies? Because now he's got two kids? Well, because you have... Four um, kids? Well, you have Quicksilver. Three kids. Quicksilver. Scarlet Witch. And uh, Polaris. Polaris. Yeah. So, but what does that mean in terms of the movies? Because in Gifted, they say, like, the X-Men and the Brotherhood have, like, disappeared after this, like, 9-11-esque, um, I think they call it, God, what is it, Seven fifteen or whatever it was, whatever the date was. Um, but there was, like, a mutant incident that killed hundreds of people that kind of became a rallying point for anti-mutant mutant, uh, people. Um, they have introduced the purifiers, which is really interesting. Um, imagine... I'm sorry, anytime anybody says the purifier, I always just immediately think of uh, Chronicles of Riddick, because there's a character in there called the purifier. Was it Keith Urban? No, it was not. Was it Neil Banga in that one? Kind of. That was Lord Vako. Sure. <laughs> I couldn't think of eight... <laughs> I still can't think of... What's her name? Uh, Tuto. Dalia Newton. Huh? Sorry, Tuto, what? I love that I couldn't readily think of the, the girl from Amelie, but you have the bad guy from Chronicles of Riddick queued up. I love it. I like the styling of that movie. Mm. Very... I did not like Chronicles of Riddick, that's me. It's very Geiger-esque. It is, but he's like a Region or something. Necromonger? No, 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 no. Uh, Furion. Furion, that was it. I knew it was something like unobtainium. Is it like, bad I have all of this stored away? I'm an angry alien. Please stop. Please. Please. Are they making another one? Well, they made a third one. I don't know if they're going to make another one after that. Vin Diesel's very busy making more Fast and the Furious movies. Well, now that we know the fate of the Furious and family... Um, <laughs> I did tell you about how I was completely interrupted while um, openly mocking that movie, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, I think I talked about it on the podcast I think that's, as well. I think that's our list, unless you have anything else to add. Um, no, that that's it. What video game are you failing at this week? I have not played that much of Uncharted 3, but I am almost all the way through it. How does that work out? That I haven't played it much, but I am almost all the way through it? Yeah. Uh, I, I've slowed down on playing it the last probably week, um, but I kind of slowed down when I was 86% through the game. Oh, okay. So I just discovered the Atlantis of the desert or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was going to actually, I looked up, oh, this is going to be a mistake I made. But, um, not this, but I did look up the Uncharted Funko Pops. Oh, uh, that was a mistake. Total mistake, because apparently the Uncharted 4 Thieves' End, which I don't want to play a game called Thieves' End that involves my boy Nathan Drake, because I don't want to see it end. But, um, apparently the series of Funko Pops from Uncharted 4 mm-hmm. is just three different costumes from Nathan Drake. Not Sully, not, and I want it, Chloe, or Alana. Sometimes Funko does weird stuff like that. Like, the only iZombie Pops are the ones of Olivia. And I'm like, there are other characters I'd like Pops of, please. So, in mistakes I made this week, I, uh... Got back into a time sucker I used to play a lot. I started playing Ingress a little more seriously again. I'm happy with that. You need well, to get out of the house. Well, yeah, it's because I was forced out of the house by another oh. player. And uh, it was decided that me and my friend who is six foot nine will be doing space pants outfits for Halloween. This early? It's only January. Yeah, but I'm going to have to sew the pants for him since he's so big. Yeah, i got to get a wig to be Nathan Drake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And your mistake? Oh, unless a uh, uh, fish person gives me hair. <laughs> like in Shape of Water. <laughs> hey, fish person, give me hair. Um, mistake I made, um, I would say it's kind of a combination of mistake I made slash intentional. Uh, there's a place I hang out uh, after work. Uh, that is two hours down from a tattoo place. Oh, okay, yeah. And it takes all my willpower some days just not to go over and go, I want a sweet-ass tattoo. Now, the two I am deciding between, eventually, when my willpower has been eroded, um, one is is a cover-up. And I, I always vowed I would never get a certain tattoo covered up, but... You desperately need to get it I desperately need to get it covered up. Yeah. Um, which would be with the Deadpool yeah, the logo, Deadpool which logo. I think would look all right. I think, I think, it's, it would, I think I, it's good size and good placement. Yeah, but it would look like a cover-up, because it's a lot of red and black. Yeah. Um, speaking of Uncharted, I started looking up Uncharted tattoos, and there's some really fucking cool ones that... Aren't just like, you know, the character. I mean, there are a few that are really good with uh, Nathan Drake and, and Chloe, um, who you watched the uh, the end scene with her, where it's like you're gonna miss this ass, and it's like we're all gonna, gonna miss, miss that, that ass. ass. Uh, where, Su- uh, where Sully is like, which way did Chloe go? And he goes, "You're a dirty old man, Sullivan." And he goes, "Yep." <laughs> um, but I thought about getting like a really cool, like either like old. Old English. Uh, yeah, like I was going to get a beer bottle. Like and, an old uh, nautical style. But old nautical style. Yeah. Um, compass with, and I don't remember the exact Latin for it, 
um, that is Sir Francis Drake's motto throughout the whole thing, which is um, greatness from small beginnings. Um, but I thought that'd be a really cool thing to get maybe when I'm at the end of a certain life event. Yeah, I think that might be good, but you know, greatness from small beginnings just makes me think of like tiny penises. I'm, I'm doing the... Uh, the, the hand gesture. The hand gesture from Shape of Water, where she's Just like, describing she's penis. like, well, he has a cloaca with a penis in it, uh, and she's doing that to an Oscar award-winning actress. Because didn't she win for the what was it, The Help? Uh, it was either for The Help or she might have gotten a. Uh, it was a Lee Butler movie, right? It was, it was either The Help or uh, um, Hidden Figures, because she might have gotten. I think she got nominated for Hidden Figures. But she didn't win. Yeah, I think okay. The Help was a couple years before that. It was. The Help was a couple yeah, years Yeah, yeah. Before. Just so you know, Shit pie. I really hate saying that phrase. The Help? It has so many derogatory con- uh, connotations. It does. Um, so anyway, speaking of Chloe, is full of penises. Um, might eventually get a tattoo. Okay. Really, we should have ended with Chloe's if you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.